consequences of that intervention were not only horrific overseas, but also proved deadly and harmful for Arab, Middle Eastern, Muslim, and Muslim-perceived communities, said Madison Tang, coordinator of Code Pink's China is Not Our Enemy campaign. Today, we are already seeing the consequences of this escalation of war with China in the form of xenophobic violence that targets Asians and Asian Americans of various ethnicities across the U.S. Anti-Asian violence has increased 194% in the first quarter of 2021 compared to 2020, according to the Center for the Study of Hate and Extremism. This pattern of heightened xenophobia and scapegoating for a minority group as a corollary to U.S. imperialist wars is not new and must be challenged. This push for rearmament, including hundreds of new land-based intercontinental ballistic missiles and submarine-mounted tactical nuclear weapons, comes amid concern the Biden administration's heated anti-China rhetoric and policies could plunge us into a nuclear war, said Marcy Winograd, coordinator of Code Pink Congress, a campaign to mobilize co-sponsors for progressive foreign policy legislation. There is no law of gravity, however, that compels President Biden, excuse me, um, but I would say that me burping on air is far less offensive than these fuckers trying to uh, raise the budget of the Pentagon. Okay, and that's my excuse. Okay, Uh, there is no law of gravity, however, that compels President Biden or Congress to continue funding the drive for nuclear rearmament or global omnicide. Ooh, I haven't seen that word before. Omnicide. Wow. At the end of the day, the federal budget is up to Congress to decide, not the president. We call on Congress to reduce the Pentagon budget by at least 10% and instead invest in what will truly make us safe, universal health care, good jobs, and addressing the climate crisis. Shouldn't be that difficult, but here we are. Act now. It's now more important than ever to contact your representatives and they provide a link and send them the Code Pink Guide to Pentagon budget cuts to demand that they show their support to reduce the Pentagon's budget, the Pentagon budget, and invest in human needs. And they also have additional quotes and reaction on Biden's proposed Pentagon budget from the international community. The way the U.S. budget overemphasizes the military hurts the American people and the world. A tiny fraction of the money that President Biden is proposing for the military budget would save the lives of millions of children in Yemen. Wouldn't that be a better investment in the future than more bombs, warships, and nuclear weapons? That's from Aisha Juman, president of Yemen Relief and Reconstruction Foundation. This enormous Pentagon budget will only lead to more military conflicts, more bloodshed, more grief. We saw enough of that in Afghanistan for the last 20 years. It's time to invest in peace. And that's from Basir Bita, local activist in Kabul, Afghanistan. There are many places where the U.S. could and should spend money, spend more money. At least it can start by paying for some of the huge damages it has caused to the people in this country and abroad in the last several centuries. Increasing the military budget, however, only makes everything worse. And that's Dr. Zhu, professor of economics at John Jay College, uh, CUNY, former professor of economics at Renmin University of China and Chinese citizen. An increase in the U.S. defense budget will mean the deployment and or testing of U.S. weapons in South Korea, which endangers the lives of residents near U.S. bases. U.S. military buildup has led to a perpetual arms race, including nuclear weapons and nuclear threats in Northeast Asia. The deployment of the U.S. THAAD, T-H-A-A-D, missile defense system in South Korea in 2017 has raised tension in the region and is opposed by many South Koreans. Villagers near the new THAAD base have been protesting every day against the illegal deployment. 
I join in the call to the Biden administration to reduce the U.S. defense budget and invest in human security, withdraw attention raising weapons systems from Korea, and end the more than 70-year-old Korean War with a peace agreement. That's from Yu Kyung-ko, a consultant for Women's International League for Peace and Freedom, the WILPF, and Women-Led Korea Peace Now campaign, and a standing committee member of the Korea Peace Appeal campaign. Next. The U.S. military, excuse me, the, I almost called it the U U.S. military states, and we kind of are. The United States military continues to negatively impact the lives of people who have never consented to the U.S. military presence, particularly in island nations in the Asia-Pacific region, such as Hawaii, Okinawa, and the Marianas. The military presence places the people of these nations in mortal danger of annihilation, as was demonstrated in 2018 via the false ballistic missile alert in Hawaii, proving that the U.S. military is incapable of protecting us. Furthermore, the military creates a burden in numerous other ways, such as through crime, pollution, and economic deprivation. And that is from Robert Kajiwara, founder of the Peace for Okinawa Coalition. Next. We, members of the International Women's Network Against Militarism, unequivocally oppose the proposed Biden-Pentagon budget, spending nearly 50% of the U.S. discretionary budget, more than the next 10 countries combined, demonstrates the destructive priorities of a society committed more to world military domination than care of its people and the natural environment. Increased militarization in the U.S. and abroad will only create more insecurities, fear, and destruction both at home and abroad, especially in places of massive U.S. military presence, such as Okinawa and Guam. We urge the Biden-Harris administration to withdraw the current proposal and formulate one that will ensure full health care, quality education, and environmental protection. And that is from the International Women's Network Against Militarism. So, again, um, we'll be posting this article on our webpage at weeklyrev.org. And in the article, uh, there are links you can click on to uh, contact your representatives and send them the Code Pink Guide to Pentagon Budget Cuts. So I know this is like, wow, this is there's a lot here. And also they provide action items that folks can take to, to speak up and to contact representatives. And also as a reminder, in this article it was mentioned how bad the, the military is for the environment. And it's the U.S. military is actually the number one uh, cause and harm for for the environment so it's it's really it's just it's bad for everybody for people for animals for nature for the world so it's silly that we have to keep on talking about this and yet here we are so i'll be providing a link to this article on our webpage. i'm going to rest uh, my voice just a bit we do have a lot more to get to though and oh my gosh so much more to get to but i did want to play a little bit more music and uh, coming up, I also wanted just to share an, another upcoming event, and this is happening on Thursday, June 3rd, from noon to 3 p.m. Pacific time. This is an event, uh, We Take Care of Us, a deep dive into the movement to decriminalize mental health and skin color. And this is from uh, KPFA and the Anti-Terror Police Project. I'll just read a little bit about this here and then take a break. Uh, join us on June 3rd for our first virtual regional summit, We Take Care of Us, a deep dive into the movement to decriminalize mental health and skin color. We'll spend an inspiring afternoon learning about how to build replicable and sustainable alternatives to police and prisons for mental health and how we as a community can take care of each other in moments of crisis. So this was shared by the ABTB. You can follow them on Twitter at APTP Action. It's also on the KPFA website. 
and we'll provide a link to this as well on our site at weeklyrev.org. All right, I'm going to uh, play some more Linda Lindas for you all. Um, also in the video, which we will also post a link to, um, they have an interview. So that's after the, the last song that we played. So I'm going to jump to their next song, which is called No Clue. And then uh, after a couple songs, we'll be back with some more news articles and information for you all. So please do stay tuned. Eloise and I wrote the song based on that experience. It's about him and all the other racist, sexist boys in this world.
the Linda Linda's with Racist Sexist Boy and before that No Clue and again this is from a performance LA Public Library and we'll share a link to the video on our website okay much more to get to uh, this is from a, a news source I hadn't seen before it's Tribune of the People which is a revolutionary news service and you can find it at tribuneofthepeople.news and this is an article from May 23rd 2021 Rallies, marches, and solidarity with heroic Palestinian resistance across the U.S. And I think it's important to share this because a lot of these stories don't make it to mainstream and corporate media. So I wanted to share this as well. All right. This is by Dimitri Sanz. Uh, hundreds booed U.S. President Joe Biden when he visited Dearborn, Michigan, as part of a mass worldwide protest. As part of mass worldwide protest this week in solidarity with the Palestinian people and against U.S. imperialism for its role in Israel's crimes. Thousands more mobilized in U.S. cities to celebrate Palestinian resistance and to condemn the Israeli murder of over 200 Palestinians, including dozens of children. Despite the ceasefire agreement between Hamas and the Israeli government, protests continued through this weekend, and more are scheduled in the days to come. Uh, some of, excuse me, <coughs> some of the largest rallies and marches took place on Saturday, May 15th, the 73rd anniversary of the Nakba. The catastrophe, which marks the date when the displacement of Palestinians began in full as the Zionist State of Israel accelerated its campaign of genocide upon its formation. Many of these solitary events saw protesters of all ages and various backgrounds demonstrating uh, the broad support for the Palestinian cause within the U.S. People in the U.S. have loudly echoed the call of the people worldwide standing with Palestinians in militant resistance to Zionist colonialism and U.S. imperialism. In Los Angeles, thousands marched through the streets on Saturday, at one point blocking traffic on Freeway 405. The police response, one attendee told Tribune, was comparable to that of the May uprisings last year, with officers deploying riot gear, sound cannons, and almost running numerous protesters over with vehicles. Later in the week, hundreds would protest at the Israeli consulate in West Los Angeles, chanting, Free, Free Palestine. In Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, hundreds protested at Israel's U.S. Embassy, in Boston last weekend, protesters disrupted traffic, marching to the area's Israeli consulate, where they unfurled a large banner that read Free Palestine. Other large protests took place in New York, Philadelphia, Sacramento, New Orleans, Houston, and more. Uh, New York saw clashes between Palestinian solidarity protesters and supporters of Zionism. In one incident, a supporter of Israel chased after a young child who snatched the Israeli flag out of his hands but the man was beaten back by Palestine supporters who defended the child. New York police targeted the pro-Palestine demonstrators for arrest rather than the pro-Israel demonstrator. When faced with state troopers at the Texas state capitol, hundreds of protesters in Austin chanted, there is only one solution, ooh, uh, inf intifada revolution. The rally, which began on the sidewalk, was too large to be contained and spilled un into the streets, turning into an unpermitted march through downtown Austin. One Austin protester held a portrait of Palestinian political prisoner George Abdallah. Speakers called for overthrowing U.S. imperialism and uniting all resistance struggles with the, cl with the class struggle. I think this time, as hard as it seems for people in Gaza and Jerusalem, is really promising, said an attendee of the Austin rally who grew up in Gaza. If all Palestinians unite and fight together, then we will finally be on the right track. It is always right for us to be in resistance. 
have a video as well. Uh, in Charlotte, at a rally of a few hundred people, one speaker called for solidarity between the movement for black lives in the U.S. and the Palestinian rebellion. Thousands demonstrated in San Francisco in front of the Israeli consulate at a pro-Palestine protest in Fresno. Zionist counter-protesters were ran out and Israeli flags were burned. Um, the Kansas City Sister Cities International Bridge lined with flags from countries around the world. Protesters tore down an Israeli flag and replaced it with a Palestinian flag to the cheers of the crowd. Uh, other protests were held in Pittsburgh and Orlando. In Pittsburgh, the protests initiated at East Liberty Presbyterian Church and marched towards the Carnegie Mellon University, where protesters condemned the university's collaboration with the Israeli Defense Forces. On Saturday, there were demonstrations in Portland, Tulsa, and other cities, with more solidarity demonstrations expected in the coming days. And there's a lot more photos in this article as well. Wow. Whew. Okay. I'm going to take a deep breath here. That's a lot. I'm just wanting to share what was happening, what's been happening around the country. Oh, goodness. And also on the episode of the show, I believe last week or the week before, we also shared some events and ways uh, in which uh, Jewish communities in the U.S. were showing solidarity with Palestinians and there's a couple of orgs that folks can donate to and also support. Um, so I wanted to, to share that as well. And yes, there are Jewish-led actions against apartheid, and as well as a debrief and open organizing call that happened. So I wanted to share those links. And this is from uh, ifnotnowmovement.org, which you can find as well as Jewish Voice for Peace. Whew, deep breath. Speaking of colonialism, uh, wanted to share this is a brief abstract. Sometimes we go kind of, everything's connected, definitely believe that, and also wanted to share just a bit of history as well, because that's very informative to what's going on right now. And this is from a magazine called uh, Science Advances, which I don't believe I've necessarily read from before, but did want to share at least the abstract of this article that came out on May 19th of this year. Large-scale reptile extinctions following European colonization of the Guadalupe Islands. Guadalupe Islands. This is uh, from Corentin Bochiton, Emmanuel Paradis, Salvador Bailon, Sandrine Ruard, uh, Ivan Einick, and uh, Anud Lenope. And many more authors. Okay. Uh, Lenoble, uh, Olivier Lorvelec, and Tresset and Nicole Boven, and I hope I'm sharing, speaking the names correctly. And the abstract from this article, large-scale extinction is one of the defining challenges of our time as human processes fundamentally and irreversibly reshape global ecosystems, while the extinction of large animals with popular appeal garners widespread public and research, uh, research interest. The importance of smaller, less charismatic species to ecosystem health is increasingly recognized. Benefiting from systemically, uh, systematically collected fossil and archaeological archives, we examined snake and lizard extinctions in the Guadalupe Islands of the Caribbean study of the Caribbean. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I get to that point <laughs> after an hour where sometimes the words run into each other, so I'm going to take my time here. A study of about... 43,000 bone remains across six islands revealed a massive extinction of 50 to 70% of Guadalupe's snakes 
and lizards following European colonization. In contrast, earlier indigenous populations coexisted with snakes and lizards for thousands of years without affecting their diversity. Study of archaeological remains provides insights into the causes of snake and lizard extinctions and shows that failure to consider fossil-derived data probably contributes to substantial underestimation of human impacts to global biodiversity. Wow. And then there's a whole article here um, with a lot more information. So if you're interested in reading more, you can go to the Science Advances website. And again, we will post a link on our website. Wow, Whew. that's a lot. I'm going to take a, a breath for a moment. Um, and I wanted to share a video, or the audio from a video, certainly. It's from the Gravel Institute. I recommend following them on Twitter. You can follow them at Gravel Institute. Also, I'm on Twitter. And I do a lot of uh, shared tweets on there. So feel free to follow me on there as well. R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. -E so... This is a video called, um, is, excuse me, is Uber scamming you? I think a lot of us know the answer to that. Personally, I think I've maybe written in one Uber in my, or two my entire life, and that's when someone else has ordered them. And it's just a shame, because I'm all about, uh, you know, public transportation, accessible transportation, and walking and biking. And, oh, it's just, uh, it's a lot. Okay. So I'm going to play the audio from this video. I'll leave my mic on in case I need to describe any of the visual images. But hopefully it should be included here in the, uh, in the audio. Among the pantheon of corporations that have emerged out of Silicon Valley, Uber occupies a special place. The company is worth $100 billion. Hundreds of billions of dollars worth of trips and delivery orders have been booked using its app. And I want to share the uh, speaker's name. And this is Edward Ungueso Jr., who's a staff writer at Vice. Trips and delivery orders have been booked using its app. It gets tens of billions of dollars in revenue each year. Uber is everywhere, and the narrative of Uber is also everywhere. It says that Uber is innovative, that it can disrupt the taxi industry and make money doing it and that it can offer flexibility and opportunity to its army of drivers. Everybody wins. There's one problem. None of that is true. Let's start with one basic fact. For a company so prominent, there's something very strange. Uber has never, not once, turned a single profit. You might be confused. How can it be that such a large company with such a popular service has simply never made money? When you find out the answer, you discover something important. You discover that Uber is fundamentally a scam, a company that exists to scam its investors, its users, and most importantly, to scam its workers. Despite everything you might hear, Uber is not a technology company. While the company may brag about its sophisticated algorithm, in reality, Uber is just another taxi company. There's nothing fundamentally more efficient about Uber than there was with your local taxi service. The business is the same. There's no real way to innovate someone driving someone or something from point A to point B. Using an app to match riders with drivers is so simple that local taxi companies do the same thing. In fact, Uber is less efficient than taxi companies. Most normal taxi companies don't spend huge amounts on marketing or lobbying or corporate headquarters. They don't pay their CEO $45 million a year. Uber has higher costs than traditional taxi operators in every category except fuel. So why is Uber everywhere while taxi companies go out of business? 
It all goes back to Uber's master plan. First, with massive amounts of money from venture capitalists, Uber subsidized significantly cheaper rides than what taxi companies could offer to attract customers away from them. Then, after years of undercutting competitors and driving them to bankruptcy, resulting in a wave of suicides by cab drivers, Uber established near monopolies on local markets. Now, Uber is often the default way to get around if you don't have a car. And once Uber has eradicated its competition, it can make itself profitable at expense of users and drivers, raising its fares to what taxis offered or higher while pushing down drivers' wages. The plan is not efficiency. It's monopoly. And that's not just me theorizing. A 73-page article in the Transportation Law Journal took a deep look at Uber's business and concluded one thing. Uber has no ability, now or in the foreseeable future, to earn sustainable profits in a competitive marketplace. Uber's investors cannot earn returns on the money they invested without achieving levels of market dominance that would allow them to exploit anti-competitive market power. So that is Uber's grand plan. It is not increasing the productivity or efficiency of the industry that it's in. It's subsidizing its rides with venture capital cash until it can build a monopoly and do whatever it wants. So users who buy Uber's narrative may be getting scammed, but no one is getting it worse than Uber's workers. So Uber relies on classifying drivers as independent contractors. In the United States, that means an individual provides services to a company, but is independent of the company and its control. Uber says that because drivers can choose what work to accept and for how long, they're fully independent. Now, most of Uber's workers drive part-time, but they actually do relatively little driving, and 90% of them quit each year. The majority of Uber's labor is done by a smaller group of workers who drive full-time for the company. So who are these drivers? In cities like New York, the vast majority are immigrants from places like India, Bangladesh, and Haiti. They desperately need cash to support their families and send remittances back home. These are people at the very margins of our society. And how does Uber treat them? Uber treats them like a pool of cheap labor, easy to exploit and then discard. Uber's always been clear about one thing. It does not care about its drivers. At Uber's Greenlight Centers, where drivers register with the company, they were not even allowed to enter bathrooms reserved for employees. In fact, when Uber was talking about how it would become profitable, it stated clearly that it wanted to get rid of its drivers and transition entirely to self-driving cars. But Uber's technology was so bad that after burning billions of dollars, it had to give up. So for now, Uber is stuck with its drivers. And in order to appear like it's coming closer to profitability, it's been cutting their wages since 2015. Whenever Uber increases its cut from each trip or reduces the minimum rate for drivers, its margins improve by that much immediately. As a result, Uber drivers regularly earn less than the minimum wage. After taking hidden costs like fuel into account, the average Uber driver earns a little over $9 an hour, about 50% less than what taxi drivers made before Uber. In fact, half of Uber drivers live at or below the poverty level. 20% of them have to use food stamps to survive. Unable to afford a home, some drivers even sleep in their cars. Drivers, with nothing to their name, get trapped in predatory car rental schemes promoted by Uber. They garnish your wages until you've paid it off with interest. One study from Georgetown found that a third of drivers reported falling into a debt trap. Some ended up earning less than $5 an hour. And because its drivers are technically independent contractors, Uber can avoid pesky requirements like minimum wages, health insurance, or paid sick leave. Drivers can't unionize to bargain for better conditions. 
Uber has all the power and it makes sure it can stay that way. When California tried to classify drivers as employees, Uber spent hundreds of millions of dollars on a campaign to overturn it with a ballot proposition written by Uber's lawyers. And even though Uber talks about flexibility, that's not what drivers actually experience. Drivers may not have physical bosses to order them around, but they're ruled by something even worse, an algorithmic overseer that's more intrusive than any flesh and blood boss could ever be. Uber's only actual innovations are in surveilling and disciplining its workforce. They're always watching, monitoring driving behavior, calculating fraud profiles, using invisible secret functions to discipline drivers as well as customers. Fall below an arbitrary threshold for ratings? Fired. Reject too many trips because you don't want to lose any money? Fired. Did a customer make a false report? Fired. So that's the freedom that Uber offers. It frees drivers to make below minimum wage, to sleep in their cars, to beg for five-star ratings, and work themselves to the bone. But at the end of the day, Uber, like other gig companies, is an innovator. Not in technology, but in exploitation. It's leading the war against labor in ways other companies never thought possible. It oversees a pool of atomized, ultra-exploited laborers, writes its own regulations, and has done it all without earning a single cent of profit. Imagine what sort of world they'll need to start making one. I'm Edward Onguesso Jr., staff writer advice for the Gravel Institute. Oof. A lot of information there. Um, and we'll be posting a link to this uh, on our website. Wow. All right. So it's just about almost 1.30 here. Did want to get to a few more pieces of information and again just a drop in the bucket of what's out there and this is from uh, Bay attention bay area san francisco follow a rock bay area and you can follow them at a r o c bay area and their block the boat.org mobilization against uh, israel apartheid state text your name to 181 block zim and that's 1812-562-5946 for updates and calls to action Call 415-861-7444 to get in touch and stand for Free Palestine. And so more information there. And again, we'll post a link on our website. Also, there have been quite a few anti-trans bills that some folks have been trying to pass across the country and wanted to share some clarifying information from uh, Chase Strangio, who is a lawyer and also shares a lot of information about this um, on a regular basis. So following Chase on Twitter is a great idea. If you would like to learn more, again, Chase's uh, Twitter address handle is at Chase Strangio, and that's uh, C-H-A-S-E-S-T-R-A-N-G-I-O. And Chase writes, this is on May 22nd, I am seeing everywhere posts and headlines about Tennessee banning healthcare for trans youth. That is wrong. Please be careful with the info you are spreading in this very precarious time. Here is what happened. Tennessee passed many laws targeting trans youth, including a ban on sports, a ban on restroom use, a mandate that businesses post signs if they allow trans people to use the restroom, and a law that unnecessarily codifies the standards of care for treating trans young people. But all the health care law does is say you cannot treat pre-pubertal young people with hormones to treat gender dysphoria. No, that is zero kids receive hormones pre-puberty for gender dysphoria already. So the law does nothing to disrupt the existing care. It sends a message of disapproval. It scares kids and their families. But the only medical treatment provided for gender dysphoria 
is initiated at puberty, not before. So the law does not disrupt the care. The fact that people are saying the care is banned is terrifying people. Young people across the country are fearing for their well-being, and we have to be discerning about what we share because people's lives and bodies are in deeply precarious positions. Arkansas has cut off care for trans youth, but Tennessee did not. To all the media outlets writing these headlines for clicks, please stop. You're doing a terrible thing, making people scared and spreading misinformation. breath it's about 1 30 uh did want to get to at least a couple more uh news articles here i'll take a deep breath because it's a lot and i don't mean to just keep on a running through all these because and without the time to just take a breath and let them sit um and also there's i recognize so much more that's happening so again here for a few hours a week and uh get to what we can, show the connections between everything, including people in positions of power who cause great harm to the rest of us and how we can push back against that. Um, also, there's a thread, let's see. I think, I think, yeah, the last thing I'm gonna get to before we play some music and, and uh, end up, and uh, cause it's just, wow, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. So this is from uh, Robert G. Reeve, who is a privacy tech worker. So I think the fact that so many of us use technology and uh, as the Uber video mentioned, just or the anti-Uber video mentioned, uh, just uh, it's important just to understand what these tech companies are up to. So I wanted to share this thread that was on Twitter. Uh, and Robert writes, um, and you can also follow Robert on Twitter, at Robert G. Reeve. I'm back from a week at my mom's house and now I'm getting ads for her toothpaste brand, the brand I've been putting in my mouth for a week. We never talked about this brand or Googled it or anything like that. As a privacy tech worker, let me explain why this is happening. First of all, your social media apps are not listening to you. This is a conspiracy theory. It's been debunked over and over again, but frankly, they don't need to because everything else you give them unthinkingly is way cheaper and more powerful, way more powerful. Your apps collect a ton of data from your phone, your unique device ID, your location, your demographics. We know this. That's, we know this. Okay. Data, data aggreg aggregators pay to pull in data from everywhere. When I use my discount card at the grocery store, every purchase, that's a data set for sale. They match uh, this person, Robert's uh, Harris Teeter purchases to his Twitter account. Um, because uh, he says, I gave both those companies my email address and phone number, and I agreed to all that data sharing when I accepted those terms of service and the privacy policy. Here is where it gets truly nuts, though. Uh, and this is written in first person from Robert. Uh, Robert says, if my phone is regularly in the same GPS location as another phone, they take note of that. They start reconstructing the web of people I'm in regular contact with. The advertisers can cross-reference my interests and browsing history and purchase history to those around me. It starts showing me different ads based on the people around me, family, friends, coworkers. It will serve me ads for things I don't want, but it knows someone I'm in regular contact with might want. To subliminally get me to start a conversation about, I don't know, fucking toothpaste. It never needed to listen to me for this. It's just comparing aggregated metadata. The other thing is 
this is just out there in the open. Tons of people report on this. It's just nobody cares. We have decided our privacy just isn't worth it. It's a losing battle. We've already given away too much of ourselves. And then post an article from it. Is Facebook spying on you? And then quotes uh, from an article. We spotted a senior official at the Department of Defense walking through the Women's March. His wife was also on the mall that day, something we discovered after tracking him to his home in Virginia. That's an article from the New York Times. Uh, 12 million phones, one data set, zero privacy. And the next... Uh, Next pieces. Uh, so they know my mom's toothpaste. They know I was at my mom's. They know my Twitter. Now I get Twitter ads for my mom's toothpaste. Your data isn't just about you. It's about how it can be used against every person you know and people you don't to shape behavior unconsciously. Apple's latest updates let you block apps tracking and Facebook is mad. They're begging you to just press accept and go back to business as usual. Block the fuck out of every app's ads. It's not just about you. Your data reshapes the internet. And there's a link to an article from Vox.com, why Facebook and Apple are fighting over your privacy. The internet is never going to be the wacky place it was when I had a live journal and people shared protein gifts in the form of YTMNDs. Big business has come to suck the joy and your dollars out of it. At least make it hard for them. Oh, and this is uh, Robert's uh, Twitter high score. If you like D&D, okay. So that's... Uh, a link to more of Robert's info. So yeah, yikes. There's a lot there for sure. And we'll post a link. I, I try to end the show usually on some optimism, but wow, it's hard. It's hard to. Yikes. Um, I think uh, check out our website, weeklyrep.org. Lots of upcoming events and ways to take action. Because yeah, things are terrifying and also so many ways that folks can show up. So I'm going to play some Linda Lindas, and I think that's going to be it for us today. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. I did a lot of talking. Wow. All right. Uh, thanks again to Val for, for having the time to, to chat. And uh, we'll be back next week and end up the show with a couple of uh, Linda Linda songs, and these are some covers. Uh, have a great week, everyone. Oh, I should, you know, hi, uh, promote the Patreon. There are some shows, some podcasts out there that have, uh, you know, engineers and producers and advertisers and this is a very much uh diy project here i've been doing it now for almost eight years so if you were touched or you learned anything on the show today and or <laughs> like the music anything at all i'm going to support the show please you know spread the word this is available on multiple streaming uh uh mediums <laughs> we're on itunes we're on stitcher um, also on FM Player, many other apps out there. Mutiny Radio has a has an app of its own. And also there's plenty of other great shows here at Mutiny Radio, so please do check out the website. And if you'd like to donate to the show, that would be super helpful. We have a Patreon up. You can find it at our page at weeklyrev.org or go to patreon.com forward slash weeklyrev. And big thanks to all the folks who chip in on a monthly basis. Uh, it makes... Uh, it makes it so much easier to be able to come in here and share these this news with you all. So thanks again, and we'll be back next week. Whew. Another deep breath. Uh, have a great week, everyone. So these next two songs um, we performed in the movie Moxie, based off of a book, too, so check it out.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag dabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Let's Spiegelman. We're hosts of... Follow us on the podcast by with our acronym L W A F L M O Y T. We watch a full length movie on YouTube with you and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L W A F L M O Y T. Yeah. That's every Sunday, two PM Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl five percent. Yeah, right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show. 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh, Uh, Uh, let's watch full full length. Oh, wait, let's do a full minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See you next month. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible. 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. I drove it up here. And I started to do some thinking. Around in and on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday, noon to two. On the freeway. Good feeling. I am a total. Can I see?
Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy. No matter what you're into, make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program we interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, Write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders. Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. who have an insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck, who don't give a fuck, 
who make, who do, who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion and love with passion and are passion, who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution, who would rather die than fall in line to conform, who constantly challenge the norm, who greet each and every day as if just born. I say to you, I know your greatness, the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact, and in fact, I know it best when I say to you, I love you. Hello there, my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Bamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And ten dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off. For <laughs> it's in duty, this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge with the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcast. And look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. We'll laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. to the show we are going to watch a full length movie on youtube follow us on our podcast 
Steve always knows what's going on in the front. I'd love to say that we are streaming right now.
piece of candy for my stupid brother. He couldn't come with us because he's sitting in a pumpkin patch waiting for the great pumpkin. It's so embarrassing to have to ask for something extra for that blockhead Linus. I got five pieces of candy. I got a chocolate bar. I got a quarter. I got a rock. Gee, I got a candy bar. Boy, I got three cookies. Hey, I got a package of gum. I got a rock. Trick or treat. I got a popcorn ball. I got a fudge bar. I got a pack of gum. I got a rock. I got a rock. I got a rock. Trick rock. I got a rock. I got a rock. Rock. I got a rock. Trick I got a rock. By the way, I got a rock. Well, another Halloween is coming down. Yes, Charlie Brown. I don't understand it. I went trick-or-treating and all I got was a bag full of rocks. I suppose you spend all night in the pumpkin patch. And the great pumpkin never showed up? Nope. Well, don't take it too hard, Linus. I've done a lot of stupid things in my life, too. Stupid? What do you mean, stupid? Just wait till next year, Charlie Brown. You'll see. Next year Blah, blah, plastic. That's the Halloween stuff I forgot to bring from last week, and then this week is all stuff. That I bought a community thrift, that's right, store, thrift store records out there calling to you. This is MutinyRadio.fm. We need you to donate money to us to keep us alive. We got a new old white man in the White House. Ta the times they are changing. In America, you get food to eat. Scuff up your feet. You just sing about Jesus and drink wine all day. It's great to be an American. Ain't no lion or tiger, ain't no mama snake. Just a sweet watermelon in the buckwheat cake. Everybody is as happy as a man can be. Climb aboard, little walk, sail away with me. Sail away. Sail away, sail away 
family You'd be as happy as a monkey in a monkey tree You're all gonna be an American Sail away Sail away We will cross the mighty ocean in the jar 
time when it starts to snow I know Billy you've got to have some dough keeps on raining look how it's raining daddy he can't make no time beautiful some people say but I'd rather see it in a fine movie play keeps on raining look how it's raining your daddy he can't make no time no 
trying to talk to you. All night I've been looking at you and look. You don't know what they mean now, Nikki, when they say that you're all dressed up and nowhere to go. Nikki, really? I've been trying to talk to you all night. I've been looking at you and Willie and Laura made jokes for our neighbors a long time back. They live right down the road from us in a shack just like our shack. The people work the land together and we learn to count on each other when you live off the land you don't have the time to think about another man's color the cotton was high and the corn was growing fine but there was another place in another time sit out on the front porch in the evening when the sun went down And everybody will mess around Daddy, bring out his guitar And play on through the night Every now and then, oh well They would grin and say, hey, you play all right Made me feel so good That's good. The cotton was high and the car was growing fine. You say, well, well, there was another place and another time. Say goodbye to Willie and Laura May. Oh, yeah. The cotton was high and the corn was growing fine. Yes, it was. But there was another place and another time. I remember the way the cotton was high and the corn was growing fine. It looked so bad. But there was another place and another time. Take me to. Oh.
to be a do
a 12 orbit room I'm a man of means by no means king of the Third boxcar, midnight train, destination banger, main. Ooh, worn out suit and shoes. I don't pay no union dues. I smoke old stogies I have found. Short but not too big around. I'm a man of means by no means. King of the road. I know every engineer on every train All of the children and all of the names And every handout in every town And every lock that ain't locked when no one's around I sing trailers for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets Got no cigarettes, uh, but two hours of pushing broom buys a eight by twelve four bit room. I'm a man of means by no means, king of the road, trailers for cigarette, rooms to let fifty cents, no phone, no
Nothing.